Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. How do you feel about flirting when you're in a relationship? And I'm talking about either you or your partner because she got busted doing it. And now she's not sure if she should admit why she was flirting. It could make the situation 100 times worse. Yeah, this is a <laughs> like even reading through this, I was like, I don't know if I want to know the truth or not. Welcome to the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. My name is Steve Kramer. I made this podcast because my mom has the best words of wisdom ever, period, hands down. And we start every show with her, Nancy Yancey. Hi, mom. Hi, honey. I'm down to one more container of soap in my house. Uh-oh, what kind yeah. of soap? Like foaming soap, like for to wash your oh, hands with. Uh-oh. I have three containers, but I'm down to one last container full. And it's about half full right now. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's the one in the guest bathroom I was lucky to find because the stores, I've been to two different stores now. Both of them have been sold out. And I'm like, well, do I use dish soap? Do I use bar <laughs> soap? Do I? I'm, I'm really bougie about about hand soap. And I'm really not a very bougie kind of person. Like all of my clothes, every article costs less than $20. Like I don't, I don't really spend a lot on that. My car doesn't really cost a lot of money. Food, obviously, you know, I spend a lot on, but I, I don't consider myself to have a very high taste in it. But for some reason, when it comes to soaps, I only want to use foaming hand soap. For some reason, the other stuff just doesn't cut it for me. But that's been like a real scarcity in the Corona time period to find foaming hand soap. So you're not the only one. I know everyone gets it. That's like a high commodity, but mm-hmm. it's almost like toilet paper. I remember that a few years ago, I finally let myself buy. Cause I'm, I've always in this paupers mindset of, <laughs> cause I radio is so much like this where it's just, it was like pull out from under the rug. It doesn't matter how good you're doing, what you're doing. You can get fired at any time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of live with that mindset of like, I don't know if this is going to be my last paycheck or not. Mm-hmm. So, a few years ago, I let myself buy the Cottonelle with the little ripples in it, which is more expensive than oh, like yeah, the Charmin or something. That's my favorite too. And that's what I really will – I like. I now feel like I have a whole new – um, we would say custom of life expectation <laughs> of toilet paper. It's gonna be hard for me to go back on. Mm, I've got some right now that's pretty close to sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't, I don't, I feel like I've graduated from that. Yes, but that's also why I don't really do expensive things because I know that once I do them, mm-hmm. I would always have a hard time going back. Mm-hmm. And I, I live in one of those worlds where, like, sometimes you make money and sometimes you don't. And like, I, when you, I don't, I don't want to be like, well, this is crappy. It's the exact same reason of why I won't fly first class. I will never, in the history of time, fly first class, even if it's paid for. I'm not flying it because I know it would be so hard for me to go backwards and sit in coach <laughs> after I sat in first class. You can't go back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Are you, are you like that? Like, cause you're, you're pretty, you're pretty thrifty yourself. My, I definitely got my thriftiness from my mom. <laughs> um, I don't think there's an item in her house that's worth more than $20 so that oh, she paid more than $20 for. <laughs> it's of more value than that. It's just that I didn't pay that. Uh, but I'm saying, wait, like you won't, I really seriously, if I think through like everything in my house, mm-hmm. it was either really cheap or it was free, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. most of my furniture was from Jerome's furniture, which I had an, a radio endorsement mm-hmm. for. So it was free or at least 
very discounted. Yes. Um, my TV, I got a deep discount on my all my TVs. I got a deep discount on uh, my clothes are all very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, ever I, I don't really have. I don't spend a lot of money on stuff. I really mm-hmm. don't or anything else because mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a Nancy Yancy thing that I picked up. <laughs> or do you have some things that like you refuse to go cheap on? Yeah, I mean, especially food. Like I don't skimp on food, and I don't skimp on um, furniture because I think, as you know. Most of the furniture I've had, I've had for yeah, 40 Lord years. Yeah, Lord have mercy. I know. <laughs> We've had I mean, the same furniture in my parents' house <laughs> from when I was a kid. Like, all right. of it, isn't it? I mean, because the couch, you finally got some new couches. Yeah, but the old stuff is upstairs. I mean. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, but I, but I never skimped on furniture. I guess that's from my home furnishings background because I have a lot of nice things, and I spent good money on them, and they last, and I love that. What I love about shopping at thrift stores, though, and I don't buy many clothes from thrift stores. I buy some, but not very many. But like for accessories in your house, I love it that it's already had a life somewhere. And then it meant See, that's the something part that makes to someone me feel weird. else. Really? Yeah, and it I'm came just from like, someone else's house or whatever. Like what what happened? Like why? Like did it? Somebody die or like? Mm. I don't know. Well, it's like it's like recycling to me. You know, well, I was like thinking about this life. the other day. Was I mean? What, do you think that thrift shops will be a thing post Corona? I was having a conversation with a friend about that. Like, will Goodwill still be a thing? Come post this. I mean, there's no way to sanitize everything that comes through there to the probably the proper amount that it needs to be. Right. So there's, um, I, I don't, I'm going to Google that really quick while, while you, you give your opinion. Do you think you, they'll still be around? I do. I do. Um, because I think that there will be such a need for it now. I mean, people that never thought about walking into a don't goodwill. Think that, like all of it's going to have like coronavirus on it. No, I don't think that. And I'm, you and, and you always take it home and launder it. I mean, you don't. But you can't do like a couch or like some of the bigger oh, no, stuff. You no, know? no, 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 no. Yeah, that stuff. I don't know about that stuff now. I don't see anything on here. Like when I just type in thrift shop and Google News, I don't see anything about like because you know most they're saying that most of the buffet restaurants are going to close down. Mm, that, I hope so. Um, I hate those. No, I love them. That was like my favorite I thing know. in the world. Sizzler. I love know. it so much. No, I don't um, like that. You don't know whose well, hands have been on there and who spit in it. And I mean, at, to your point, because I, I mean, said that's this the same one as time. Goodwill. Well, no, but I said that to you one time when we were going to a buffet somewhere in San Diego. And you said, but you don't know who's cooking your food in the back either. And that's right. Doing- <laughs> yeah, right. You think, so it, really? you think it's these, you so, know, <laughs> these prime chefs that have. <laughs> You know, I mean, so that is a good you would point. hope they would be you're doing right. the right thing, but I, mean, right. I don't know. At least you know who you're dealing with when you see them. When you when they're behind the wall, you have no idea who's cooking your food, That's right? That's true. That's true. I, I mean, when I even like when I type it. in Goodwill, I don't see anything on here about like closing down. I just it just seems like there's no way well, for them to I keep just these places clean enough. There's going to be a need for low cost right. merchandise and clothing. Yeah, more needed than ever. No, I think Goodwill's definitely got a future. I know that there has been a development in the saga of the sourdough bread, which if you haven't listened to the podcast religiously, you need to know that I've had most of my family, my mom and my dad on multiple times talking about their need 
and disdain <laughs> for their delivery of sourdough bread. For some reason, mm-hmm. it's one issue like where they try to order it online, and then when they get there, they uh, they can get a loaf of bread, but it hasn't been cut or it hasn't been <laughs> properly made or stored. So there's always an issue with the sourdough bread. But apparently, there's now more sourdough drama going down in the Yancey household. <laughs> We lead such a boring life, don't we? So sourdough from La Brea is one of our favorite things, but we like it sliced because it's hard as hell to slice it when it's in a whole <laughs> loaf. It's just hard. It's just hard for people with weak hands. Um, so today I had a Kroger click list order and you can get it the same day now, which is new. So I ordered some sliced La Brea sourdough. And also, sourdough is one of the few breads I can eat, even though I'm gluten intolerant. Don't ask mm-hmm. me why. I think it's fermentation. Don't know. So, <laughs> so I, I got a message that they had no sourdough. And I was like, I'm over it. I'm so over it. So I called Ingalls, which is where we used to shop most of the time. And I ordered some from the bakery and I said, okay, I'm going to put on my armor and I'm going to be a big girl and I'm going to have my mask on and I am going to go in that store to get sourdough bread. So that's what I did. And then when I got there, there was an extra loaf in the counter that had been marked down because it was yesterday. So I was So you got two loaves? Yeah. Oh, yeah, That's good. (laughs) And it was cut? And it was sliced. Of course it was sliced. But here's the funny thing. I went to two grocery stores, right? Kroger Click List. And then I went inside Ingalls. And I I spent another $130 in Ingalls flying through there in like 10 minutes just getting stuff I couldn't get at Kroger, right? Right. So our dessert for this weekend, Memorial Day, when Brian and Aunt and Maggie and John come, is carrot cake. And guess what I didn't get? Carrots? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) So tomorrow I've got to be brave again. And I have to go. I've got to go back out there with my mask on, keeping distance from people and staying in those one-way lanes and go in there and get some carrots or the carrot cake. Weather the storm. Well, um, I'm just glad you guys have bread because I know things get real testy over there when (laughs) bread is not. So, see, bread is one of those things, like you with your cottonelle. Bread is not one of those things. I won't go cheap and I won't go back. No, it's going to be fresh baked in the store and sliced. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. (laughs) Well, this week we're looking at some of the best commencement speeches. It's, it's like the only way I can really think to honor the class of 2020 on the podcast is to kind of look at some of the best commencement speeches ever given. Mm. And we've been doing that the last couple of days. Uh, some really cool things. Hope you'll go back and listen to previous episodes if you haven't checked them out yet. And uh, today we're going to look at Oprah Winfrey's Harvard address from, I think it was 2013. It doesn't matter how far you might rise. At some point, you are bound to stumble. Because if you're constantly doing what we do, raising the bar, if you are constantly pushing yourself higher, higher, the law of averages, not to mention the myth of Icarus, uh, predicts that you will at some point fall. 
And when you do, I want you to know this, remember this, there is no such thing as failure. Failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. Now, when you're down there in a hole, it looks like failure. So this past year, I had to spoon feed those words to myself. And when you're down in the hole, when that moment comes, it's really okay to feel bad for a little while. Give yourself time to mourn what you think you may have lost. But then, here's the key. Learn from every mistake. Because every experience, encounter, and particularly your mistakes, are there to teach you and force you into being more of who you are. And then figure out what is the next right move. And the key to life is to develop an internal, moral, emotional GPS that can tell you which way to go. The challenge of life, I have found, is to build a resume that doesn't simply tell a story about what you want to be, but it's a story about who you want to be. It's a resume that doesn't just tell a story about what you want to accomplish, but why. A story that's not just a collection of titles and, and positions, but a story that's really about your purpose. Because when you inevitably stumble and find yourself stuck in a hole, that is the story that will get you out. What is your true calling? What is your dharma? What is your purpose? No matter what challenges or setbacks or disappointments you may encounter along the way, you will find true success and happiness if you have only one goal. There really is only one, and that is this, to fulfill the highest, most truthful expression of yourself as a human being. You want to max out your humanity by using your energy to lift yourself up, your family, and the people around you. You will for sure count on this. No doubt you will have questions and you will have doubts about your path. But I know this, if you're willing to listen to be guided by that still small voice that is the GPS within yourself to find out what makes you come alive, you will be more than okay. You will be happy, you will be successful, and you will make a difference in the world. Congratulations, class of 2013. Congratulations to your family and friends. Good luck, and thank you for listening. It's always kind okay? of interesting to see really famous people, you know, we've especially the last two days with Steve Jobs and now Oprah, mm-hmm. um, see these people that we consider to be massive successes. Watch them go through their their hard times. You know, they always mm-hmm. say you don't see the you don't see the hard times. You only see like the big stories, right? Right. Um, and so when you hear like, especially, I would say that Steve Jobs and Oprah are probably two of the most influential people that, you know, at least of our time period, right? Yes. Uh, at least when it comes to notable, notable characters. Yes. And so to hear them go through these hard times, I think was really interesting. Now, she said something in there that really made me think about like, don't attach yourself to like, or figure out like, why are you doing what you're doing? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. like, don't just, don't just go and, and do it. I actually have 
Let me pull this up really quick. It reminded me of this quote that I saw the other day and I put it on my Instagram. Let me pull it up really quick. It's a, a quote from uh, Erica Williams Simon. She said, best career advice that I can give. Don't ever attach yourself to a person, a place, a company, an organization, or a project. Attach yourself to a mission, a calling, a purpose only. That's how you keep your power and your peace. And that really reminded me of kind of what Oprah's talking about here too, right? With mm-hmm. it's not just about being on TV mm-hmm. and it's not just about being, you know, um, like when you, I always attach so much of myself to these radio stations that I work for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially with channel 933 because I was so passionate about the brand. Mm-hmm. And I, when I read that quote and then I heard her speech today, it just kind of made me realize like, we do that. We attach ourselves to these people or places or, you know, we don't think about like our biggest mission. And, and you know, she goes into it saying you may not even know your mission yet. You may right. not even know what you're, what you're set out to do. Right. But to continue to explore, like she just said that she was going to be on TV, but she didn't know like what she was going to do with it until mm-hmm. years later. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of what's happen. I don't think I know my exact purpose yet of why I like to do this Mm -hmm. and like why people are drawn to me. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when it first started, it was definitely like, I just want to be on the radio, but I didn't really have much of a purpose other than like, I just want to be cool. And I just want to, you know, uh, just have a fun job, a cool, fun job. And I like doing it. Um, then I realized that as I was starting to get older, that I can do a lot of good things. Yes. With this platform. Yes. And so it kind of morphed into, I want to make people smile uh, or I want to make people mad or I want to, you know, make them think, make them feel something at some level Mm -hmm. and, you know, realizing how important when I was doing radio, those 15 minutes in the car were. Yes. And then it was like, but look how much good we can do too. I'll be yes. honest, I was sitting here last night because I told you that I got a new radio agent. And yes. part of what I've got to do now is put together like a little pa- like a package of my previous work, right? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of highlighting some of the, the feel-good stuff that we were able to accomplish while we were in San Diego. And there was so much feel-good stuff that I had forgotten mm-hmm. about some of it. You know, like oh, there, there yes. wasn't this before. Oh, yeah, here's this one thing that I pulled off. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. But there was so much that it was almost kind of so hard to narrow it much. down. Which one do we even talk about? Because there was so much feel good stuff. And that the fact that we have we did in four years so much stuff that I couldn't even remember mm-hmm. made me feel really good. It mm-hmm. made me feel like this is, this is where it needs to be. Yes. And now we've got the podcast, and that's what I have to remember too. Like when I sit back and I say, Well, I don't have a radio job, blah, 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 blah. It, it shouldn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I've got a big platform, you know, right. I've got you know, I've got social media and I've got, you know, all these things that it shouldn't matter if I have a radio station behind me or not. Like, why couldn't we still pull off great things? And yes. of course, my audience isn't as big, but why couldn't we pull off great things mm-hmm. even with what we have now, if that's my purpose? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It doesn't take... It doesn't take a lot of people to do great things. And and she alludes to that, too. She says, it's both possible and, more importantly, it becomes powerful to come together in common purpose and common effort. You know, mm-hmm. we, we love to share each other's stories. And w- when we have a mission to come together in that mission, 
makes it possible to help so many people. Right. Just to reach out. And that's out. what I've got to figure out. This is just a new medium for me, but how, and honestly, I feel like I'm being pulled in so many different directions with it. Like mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to make it financially stable mm-hmm. has been my first mission because I know that if we can't find a way to make this financially stable, then we can't do anything else with it. Yes. Um, but I don't want to lose the feel good stuff. Like we even, the fact that we raised over, you know, $6,000 to go feed third shifters. Amazing. And, and it wasn't Amazing. honestly, it wasn't even that hard. It wasn't, didn't take too much begging. You guys were just yes. so generous to do it. So yes. purpose over places and people, I think is really the, anybody going through a job shift in general. And I think that, you know, I got a phone call uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. I don't think I played it. I think I still have it sitting in the voicemail, but uh, it was a friend of mine that said, you know, I, I just go to work. I don't really have a purpose yet. And that speech with Oprah kind of, gave me hope the people that maybe don't know their purpose yet. Maybe it Mm -hmm. just hasn't happened yet. Right. Exactly. Maybe it's like, you're just kind of working towards finding your purpose, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, she quotes Howard Thurman, who was a, was a great theologian. Um, and, and he said, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And, and you know, what that means is that when you are passionate about something, you cannot not do it. There is right. such a drive. And, you know, she calls that your inner GPS. And, you know, that's how, that's how she ends, ends the um, speech is that, Uh, From time to time, you may stumble, fall, you will for sure count on this, no doubt. You will have questions and you will have doubts about your path. But I know this, if you're willing to listen to, to be guided by that still, small voice that is the GPS within yourself to find out what makes you come alive, you will be more than okay. You will be happy, you will be successful, and you will make a difference in the world. And And what does that mean to you? Oh, my gosh. That means everything to me because, um, you know, from – well, my whole life is that. I mean, my passion originally when I was a young girl, a young woman right out of high school, I wanted to be an interior designer, right? Right. Um, And the path didn't work out for me to go to the Massey School of Design that I'd hoped to because my family was in tremendous debt. because my parents didn't have insurance when my mother was dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was an economic hardship. But fortunately for me, I got a job at Rich's working for the fashion director, and that opened up all the doors I needed to not only learn the interior design field, but to go and do it myself. That was beautiful. And then years later, when I was asked to be the director of Rainbow House, I was like, what in the world are you talking about? That is so not me. I'm an interior right. designer. Why, why in the world do you think that I could be the one to help homeless families get out of poverty? That was so insane to me. Sure. But guess what? That still small voice started calling me and saying, you need to think about this, you need to try it. And oh my it's God, just, the rest is history. It was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, you are. It's beautiful. 
It's almost like Frozen 2. Did you see Frozen 2? No, but I, I know I would probably love yeah, that. Yeah, you should probably go watch that. I about will. The, I, I didn't. I didn't like the movie that much, but it's kind of about that. It's like the ooh, parents know what I'm talking about right now. Um, okay, that's uh, that's awesome. So we got one more tomorrow. Um, I'll give you a sneak peek. Well, I won't tell you. It'll be a surprise for who's tomorrow. <laughs> but I, it's uh, it is a good one. Uh, okay, can you flirt when you are married? Or even like in a relationship. I think it's probably even a broader sense. Can you flirt when you are in a relationship? Or is that completely off limits? This situation is wild. And I I think you need to think about what the reason she was flirting. And does that make it any better now that she got in trouble for it? We'll do it next with Ask My Mom on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. Okay, one more quick reminder, please, please take that survey. It is over in the show notes right now or at survey.certifiedmamasboy.com, survey.certifiedmamasboy.com. We're going to make some changes here in the next couple of weeks. We may go down to three days a week. That's what I'm thinking right now. But if you everydayers are really like, no, every day, then maybe we'll keep it every day. But um, it's really important. Target gift card is what you can win if you go take the survey. So survey.certifiedmamasboy.com or just down there in the show notes right now for you to get started. Okay, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we ask my mom. And this is a segment where you can ask for someone's unbiased opinion. It's just me and my mom. And I mean, I've been dealing with relationship. I almost feel like I, I should almost be a therapist. I feel like at this point, I've been dealing with so much relationship drama for the past 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> on the radio and uh my mom's it's just, just mom. life it's just life just we're life just, we're just sharing life we're not therapist yeah but we definitely come in from different angles for sure and yeah. she's got a lot more especially with this one because of the way that she said it like years later will this even matter okay <laughs> here we go uh kramer I wish you could have been on my Zoom happy hour tonight with my girlfriends because I thought of you and your mom instantly. I am drunk sending you this, but I just have so much anxiety over it. So that's how you know it's going to be good, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I got myself into a really weird situation that I don't know if I should be honest with my husband now or not. Okay, here's the whole situation. I've been married now for two years. This year has been bad to say the least. I got laid off. My husband has had his hours cut back. Things are really hard money-wise, to say the least. Uh, two weeks ago, we had some major plumbing problems, and I posted on Facebook asking if anyone could come look at it. That way I could save money over hiring a plumber. And a guy I know uh, I knew years ago that I admit we used to hook up, but it's been like five years, uh, is a plumber and said he would come look at it. I thought it had been long enough since we had hooked up, so it really didn't phase me. When he came over to look at the problem, he said it was going to cost around $1,000. And then he said, but I could do it for $700 if you make out with me. <laughs> and he <laughs> laughed. Now, honestly, Kramer, I really think that he was kidding. And I said, okay, again, thinking it was a joke. Because no matter what, I knew that the $300 savings is money that we don't even have right now. We already have spent our stimulus check and everything. We only have about $1,200 in savings total. Well, it took him two days to do the work. I paid him. It was fine. Well, I was sitting here watching TV the other night, and he texted me saying, Hey, you forgot about that makeout. And my husband saw it, and he was so <laughs> mad. He was trying to figure out why the plumber was texting me asking me to hook up. <laughs> 
Oh, poor girl. So I told him he must be drunk, but he doesn't believe me. I don't even know if I should tell him the truth now. Flirting for a discount makes me sound so bad. The reason I even wanted to ask your mom is because if him and I are married as long as your parents, will this even matter so many years later? I'm so scared. Love you. Please don't use my name. Okay. Wow. A, Poor thing. That is a situation right there. It is. Well, mom, mm-hmm. we probably will have difference of opinions on this and your <laughs> calls too. Because, I mean, it really it comes down to, I don't think that she ever – Intent. It didn't sound like she ever intended to like hook up with this guy, right? I agree. Um. So, but was that completely inappropriate? And if so, if she knows she was saving money, though, is it worth flirting for a discount? I guess <laughs> is really where it goes. Eight 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 Kramer eight is the phone number. Eight 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 K R A M E R eight. Whew. All right, mom. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would say that, geez, it's only been a couple of years and that's pretty hard times you're going through. I don't think that she meant, I don't think that she had any intentions of making out with him. Um, I think she thought it was a joke and that now that he's come back and is saying that it wasn't a joke. I think she should be honest with her husband and just tell him the truth. Because here's the thing. Will it matter in years to come? Yes, it matters. Because when Jim and I had so much trouble in our marriage, one of the things that saved it was being totally and brutally honest with each other. And if you're only two years in and you're already starting to be dishonest, it is not a good, it is not a good path. Mm. So I think that she should tell her husband exactly what she was trying to do. And hopefully he will understand and believe her because times are so hard and she can tell this guy to go away. Like I see where her intentions were. I mean, I do. I get it. And like, I, if I have, I can flirt when I joke and I get it. And I can see being in a situation similar to that. And I, I don't even think that he was being that serious, possibly. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that I would want to know that my wife was making jokes like that, though. Or but like she, that she even had that in her, you know, like I just, I feel like that's one of those situations where maybe you just learn your lesson, knowing how terrible this is now and how you feel in this moment. And you just like take the, the terrible, you know, guilt or shame or awkwardness and every emotion you're feeling right now and then just never do it again. Hmm. Because it's not, I mean, again, it's not like she did anything terrible she didn't like sleep with somebody right. nothing that i feel like because i'm trying to think when i was married my ex-wife came to me and said hey by the way i flirted with a plumber but i saved 300 dollars." Mm-hmm. um god but i also i hooked up <sighs> sometimes i just feel like sometimes the truth made if it's not going to be like damning and it may be better for you just to feel those feelings of guilt. Mm. And that should be your lesson. 
But over the years, if that continues as a pattern, that baggage gets really hard to carry. But what, I mean, again, we're not talking about if she slept with him and she had that on her conscience forever That's or something, true. that'd be it's one thing. It's not a horrible thing. Because I'm just thinking as the husband, I don't know that I want to know my wife's over here inviting guys into my house that she like hooked up with. And but he, but I just want to think that it was a, a mistake. I just want, right. But I think I would just, I don't know. I mean, it would be di- it would be different if the guy had had texted her and her husband hadn't seen it. Sure, and she could just tell him to go away, or you know. But she already said, "I don't know what he's talking about. He must just be drunk." Yes. So that's like you're lying on a lie. I uh, is it worth coming See? back now? And that's what happens when you tell a lie. Yeah, you have to tell another lie to validate the other lie and another lie and another lie and another lie. And then you can't remember what you said. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's a great quote that says, if you always tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. Right. Yeah. I I really, I would say I am, I try my absolute best to always be honest and it's hard and it's not the best, but I just, in these situations, this situation specifically, like she already, the damage is done. Mm Mm-hmm. She's already kind of put a Band-Aid on it. Mm-hmm. She goes back now. She's like, yeah, well, the plumber said if you, if you hook up with me, then I, uh, you know, I'll give you th-. And like, I don't want even, ugh, I don't know that I would want to know that, especially if it's not a real threat on my relationship. Like, just handle it. Mm. Just handle it. Like, I, I think in relationships, you almost have to expect your partner just to handle their situations, right? Well, like, for example, like when I'm married – and let's just say that because obviously doing what I do, there's there's easy access to me, right? Mm-hmm. And if let's just say, and this has happened plenty of times when I was married, when mm-hmm. a, a woman might come to me, say something that was probably inappropriate to say to a married man. That was mm-hmm. inappropriate to say to a married man. Yes. And I just had to handle it. I'm not going to run to my wife and say, hey, uh, you should see this. You should see this message this girl sent me. I just wanted to let you know the truth that girls are out there sending me messages like that. I just don't think that's like the way to handle it if it's not really affecting our situation. Well, no, but that this is different. She didn't go to him and say, hey, by the way, I saved us $300 because I said I'd make out with this guy, but I have no intentions of following through with it. I mean, I'd like to hear from both sides, to be honest with you. Hmm. I'd yeah. like to hear oh, from, yeah. well, it from women on- and men. Because that's what I, I was want- thinking, too. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really, would you really want to know this happened? Or is it one of those things where you just want, I honestly, I just, unless, unless they were going to see each other all the time, uh-huh. this doesn't sound like, I mean, they haven't seen each other in five years. Uh-huh. You know, they never have to see each other again. Uh-huh. I honestly think I would rather her just handle the situation and, and just make it go away and then learn from you the guilt and all the terrible cuz once you tell him all that guilt's going to go away right or at least some of it i feel like that guilt is like your punishment for mm-hmm. at least learning the lesson to not do it again well it depends on the type of guy he is too is he a jealous type or is he you know is he like you even though you're kind of a jealous type too no i'm no you better not tell me about no plumber coming to my house you hooked up with uh-uh. <laughs> I don't even want to hear well, about it. I don't want to think about it. Uh-uh. Nope. Well, Just maybe make he's it go more away. secure in his relationship. Just, 
<laughs> make it go away. I and don't want to hear about that. And just laugh it off and say, okay, honey, thank you. You're sweet. Love you. So well, how would you, you feel at your age now? Like if dad was like, hey, I went to Ingalls to get some bread and the girl said she would <laughs> give it to me for a dollar off. But I had to, you know, now she's telling me, how would you feel? I'd say, it doesn't, well, it doesn't matter that many years more, later. More like, power to her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're pretty secure after 48 years. <laughs> I'm yeah. not really worried about your dad and other women. Trust me, at age yeah, 70, I, no, he's good. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, 888-Kramer8, K-R-A-M-E-R-8, 888-K-R-A-M-E-R-8. Oh, that's a tough one. All right, Mom. This. That's uh, that's all we got for today. Okay. Thank all you. Right. I love you. Love you forever. Before we move on to the good news, I wanted to bring you the exact story of what was happening over at Chuck E. Cheese we kind of briefly talked about yesterday. Uh, I'm going to read you this word for word from Yahoo. Okay. It says, many restaurants have pivoted their priorities to takeout and delivery options while pandemic lockdown orders are in place. And it seems that Chuck E. Cheese is no exception. The brand has taken to Grubhub under the restaurant name Pasquale's to sell pizza and wings and has a totally different logo than the Chuck E. Cheese pizza chain and yet still shares the same address. People are posting about the trick in social media saying that they thought they were supporting a small local business when they were, <laughs> when they were ordering from Pasquale's. It turns out Pasquale is the name of the animatronic chef that is in the Chuck E. Cheese stage band. It's kind of a genius move. you got to be honest. You, you may not... Right now, we're all trying to support local businesses, right? I don't know that you necessarily would order from Chuck E. Cheese, but you saw Pasquale and you're like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm in. Anyway, y'all, y'all had some good calls on this. Hey, Kramer. I just heard your podcast on the Pasquale's Pizza. I have not ordered from there, but I have two children that I take to Chuck E. Cheese very often before this coronavirus thing happens, and we love the pizza there. The seasoning is really good. It's, like, extra cheesy. Uh, the crust has, like, really good taste. It's just a little extra greasy, which I'm sure is what makes it taste so much better. So now that I know that this Pasquale's place is out there and I know it's Chuck E. Cheese, maybe I'll look it up and order some. Hi, Kramer. Stacy calling from Nashville. I don't know about Grubhub or what they're doing with calling it a different name, but on Uber Eats, who I deliver for sometimes, they call that a pop-up restaurant. I've picked up from the same restaurant so many times, and each time it's been a different name. It's just something I was thinking about and thought maybe that's the case. I don't know, but keep up the great work, you guys. I enjoy listening to you each day. Thanks. Bye. Okay, right now at the end of the show, I'm giving you the good news from the coronavirus. Cool things are happening right now, even though there's a lot of crappy stuff happening. There's cool stuff happening too, and that's what we focus on, right? We'll start today up in Canada. The British Columbian government has managed to provide housing for more than 200 homeless Canadians while simultaneously bringing the economic support to struggling hotels during this whole crisis. Here's what they did was they actually purchased a comfort in hotel up in Victoria for $18.5 million, right? That was a means for sheltering homeless people that are living on the streets during the epidemic. 
Well, in addition to buying the hotel, it came, of course, with 65 rooms that were used for temporary accommodations. Then they actually rehired all the laid-off staff to manage the facility. So that put people back to work at the same time. They're saying afterwards the site can be used for affordable housing. So I thought that story was a good one. And how do you feel about Ikea? Have you been to their food court, by the way? I, people swear by it. I've never eaten there before. But people swear it's like the most delicious food was the meatballs that people love so much. Is that what the, like the, that food is that people just get all crazy about? I've had Costco food. That's cool. But I've not had Ikea. It doesn't seem like a place you want to go for food. Anyway, they have released instructions on how to build the six best blanket forts for your home. For example, if I'm looking at uh, the castle, you need four chairs, you need a coat rack, you need uh, two sheets, and 16 coat hangers. And then it says like optional lighting and a rug. And if you build these immaculate forts that we all growing up as kids just had to try to figure out but it's just not and it's not even like uh furniture you would need to buy from ikea but stuff you already have around your house and turning it into literally the best blanket forts possible so go check that out on the show notes right now it's cool and we'll leave on a funny note it's made me laugh something i saw online made me giggle i uh saw this actually a while ago and it was really funny to me since we talked about oprah today and the commencement speeches um, is Oprah, Oprah great or is she is she evil? You decide. This is Jordan Temple. I don't really fuck with Oprah. Uh, yeah, I think I think she's evil. She's definitely murdered before. Um, that being said, my last job uh, shared a building with her, and one day I was in the elevator with this monster, and I'm just hanging out, minding my own business, and uh, she comes on with her gaggle of murderers. And she looks at me, she smells my fear like a shark does blood in the water. And she says, hey you, you like Frank Sinatra? And I was like, I love Frank Sinatra. <laughs> but I don't, I just didn't want to get murdered. And, and, um, and a couple weeks went by, um, I was in a lift, just minding my own business, trying to shake off a vague sadness and um, and uh, the Lyft driver just so happened to be playing Frank Sinatra. And uh, turns out, I really love Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and that's what Oprah does for your life. <laughs> you, know, you think you know yourself? You don't know yourself. <laughs> Oprah knows yourself. <laughs> I thought I hated Oprah, turns out I just hate myself. <laughs> I'm president of the book club now. <laughs> Uh, that video, the Oprah video of the commencement speech and everything else in the show notes. Please go take the survey. Please. I'm begging you. Take it, please. So we can start forming the show a little bit better. And I will see you tomorrow for a dating disaster. Okay. Love you. Goodbye. Hey, Kramer. This is Robin from Cumming, Georgia. And I found out about your podcast from The Upside with Kelly and Jeff. And I now that I'm finally getting into a new normal with this whole quarantine thing, I've been binging your podcast and I'm on episode 18 where you're talking about a haunted house and I don't know about any people in my house but I have two dogs they do not sleep in our bedroom and there is like a ghost cat in my house I have literally felt something walking on our bed and it's little and you can tell it's more like a cat-like movement it's really creepy, but just thought I'd share that. Love the podcast. Keep it up. And your mom is adorable. I wish I could be like her. 
I just love her sweet softness that she has to her. So I love your podcast. Take care. Bye. Hey, Kramer. This is Nicole from San Diego. I was just calling to um, let you know that I was listening to the podcast today with you and your mom. And your mom is a rock star. Love her. Not surprised that on the survey that she is, you know, the most popular. (laughs) She is awesome. Um, Also, I just wanted to say that I think you're a little too hard on yourself about podcast content. I'm loving it. The things that you're coming up with, considering we're all on quarantine, it's, it's fantastic. And then also, as far as like the different options of, you know, three times a week or five days a week, and then if you do it five days a week, you might go broke. I have anxiety as well, and I think a lot of it is anxiety, and it can become real. Yes, that there's, there's so many options. But like your mom tries to remind you to like, Stay in the moment, explore it more. When you cross that bridge, you know, it will come to you. I really think that this can turn into something where you can do advertising, where you could sell merch, and you won't go broke in the process. I really think you can make money, and I think your standards are so high because you've been on, like, a huge talk show radio. But considering for someone just starting a podcast, your following is pretty big. And also, like, remember when you did the thing for the nurses? That was a lot of money from a lot of people. So, I mean, we're here and just, um, you know, just don't doubt yourself as much and just kind of explore the process because we enjoy listening to you and it can turn into something awesome. And the thing is, like Steve Jobs was saying, you can't connect the dots until you look back. So just... um, My wish for you is to be more in the moment and know that you can handle whatever comes your way. And even if you do lose money in the process, that you can recoup it. And the chance you're taking is that you're making a positive impact in people's lives right now. And then also that you can make, you have the opportunity to make money to sustain yourself even more. So it's it's a gamble, but that's what life is. So wish you the best. Take care. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.